You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to Orange County's longest running business talk show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. We have a great show planned for you today. John Darbyshire is our guest. He's the co-founder and CEO of SmartSuite. John, welcome to the program. It's a pleasure to be here, Rick. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's kick it off with you and the original motivation that you and your co-founder had to launch SmartSuite. Yeah, I, I think that we found that there was a need in the market uh, with how organizations, businesses were managing business processes, the work that they do in their business each day. Uh, we thought we could do a better job of that. And, and a typical entrepreneur or enterprise account anywhere in between uses typically four to six different products kind of in the management of their business and their employees each day. And our goal was to move that down to one or two products that they would use and then provide the ability to connect with other products that were part of the process. Uh, the, the, I'll tell you a little story. The initial motivation behind SmartSuite happened back in 2001. I founded a company called Archer Technologies that was a no-code platform focused on governance, risk, and compliance. And as we delivered that product to customers, uh, our first 30, 29 of our, our first 30 customers were financial services organizations. We found that they were using our product to manage other processes inside of their organization that were outside of governance, risk, and compliance. In the case of Morgan Stanley, they had over 200 other processes that they had used. So that piqued my interest way back when to build a product to help manage any process in an organization. And then I sold that company in 2010, retired for a bit of time, had the chance to work with quite a few entrepreneurs and invested in about 400 startups. And the first question that I had from many startup founders was, what products should we use to manage our business? And we would spend as much time talking about that as we would the idea or product they had. So the real vision behind SmartSuite was to solve that problem in a way that we had solved it back in early 2000s, but with newer technology that's now available uh, to organizations. So sorry for the long-winded answer, but that's... No, that's it's, per it's perfect. It actually kind of fired off a subsequent question that I have, which is it it sounds easy to say, but maybe hard to do, John. And so I'm wondering what lessons have you and the team learned since you launched the business? Yeah, well, I think when we started SmartSuite about three years ago, we thought we had this novel idea of hiring people anywhere in the world. <laughs> and, Sorry. Uh, COVID yeah. hit about six months after that, and now it's become the new norm. Um, but, you know, we've pivoted a few times in the way that we manage the people that we work with each day, which is the biggest challenge with working remotely. You know, how, how do you have 100 employees or people that you work with, in our case, nine different countries? How, how do we communicate and motivate and inspire those people each day? Uh, and for us, uh, what we found is that we start off each morning. I, I'm based in Southern California, so it's early for me um, comparison to where all the other countries. So I start my day off at six or six 30 and we do daily standups with each of the mm -hmm. teams that we have in the different countries from 15 to 30 minutes, which is a check-in. And we're just staying in touch. We're, we're, you know, there's always a little humor that happens on those calls. We're just that personal connection, but I'm really trying to make sure, do they have any questions that I need to get answered so that I don't waste a whole day of their time 
the next day by not having answers to those questions. And we've just found that that cadence is just super important for us as a company uh, remotely. So we spend the first two hours of each day, myself and my co-founders, having those discussions. And then our real workday starts for us you know, here in the U.S. So uh, how do you make sure that you keep it to that brief of time, 15 uh, to 30 minutes? Yeah, we schedule those meetings back to back on purpose. <laughs> uh, so there, there can't be, it can't be any longer than 30 minutes. That's a great okay. question. Uh, a, a perfect stand-up for us is each person uh, that we're meeting with. Typically, there's eight to 10 people on a call. Um, we go around to each person and they say, here's what I accomplished yesterday. Here's what I'm working on today. Here's any blockers that I have mm -hmm. that I can help to take care of so I don't for tomorrow that's there. It's usually that quick. I usually provide an update on things along the way of kind of just the vision of something has changed or priorities have changed along the way, but it's meant to be very rapid fire. 15 minutes is, is like the sweet spot, but sometimes you have problems that pop up that you need to discuss and it takes that other 15 minutes of time. Where did you hit on this idea of doing this as a disciplined behavior? Yeah, th this just follows um, the agile method of software development that was really, uh, it's, it's a great methodology for use in any part of a business, but it started around software development where developers and small groups would meet each morning for a stand-up for 10 to 15 minutes. I just found, I, I started this at Archer Technologies back in 2006 or seven, where each, each team in our department, sales, marketing, HR, whatever it was, would have a quick stand up with their people each day. And it was actually engaging. Like people enjoyed that. They want to know what other people are working on. They want to be involved in the conversation. They just feel like they're a part of something. It was so successful that we even would take people from one team every once in a while and have them listen mm -hmm. in on a stand up on another team because they felt sure. like, okay, now I'm starting to kind of understand how the company actually works and things get done. So it's, it's been something that I've kind of carried along for almost 20 years now. And I've tried to encourage entrepreneurs that I do work with or companies I've invested in to kind of adapt the same, the same philosophy. I can see how it can take out some of the ambiguity that people might have, and it might reinforce the interdependencies that they have with each other too. Because I imagine that possibly part of the conversation is, this is what I need to get to done today. And the help that I need is fill in the blank. Yeah, it, it goes a step further than that, I found as well, in that it oh. helps people become comfortable with other people on the team mm -hmm. so that during the day they can reach out and have those discussions one-on-one. -on -one. But, you know, it just helps build that rapport uh, that, that's there, especially when new people join a, a team or, uh, you know, a part of the organization, they can very quickly kind of get inundated into the day-to-day -day activities. You're a busy person, how do you not allow the urgent to encroach on this important activity? Meaning just the, the, the latest new thing for the day or? I can't, I can't make it. I've been called into this. I've got a fire over here. There's something I need to get taken. I mean, how do yeah. you ensure that from a leadership perspective, you're there? Yeah, I, I'm always there. So I think that that, that kind of sets the tone for the teams to know if it's important to me, it needs to be important to them. And it's just not something that I miss unless I, uh, if I'm traveling, I'll have one of my co-founders might have to be on there. Even when I'm traveling, I try to be a part of that. But there, there are times 
maybe just one a month that I'm not able to make those calls, but that's kind of the heartbeat of our business. Um, you know, I think for companies that are, you know, from a couple employees to 250, 300 in that range, this is a really great methodology or approach. Once you get bigger than that, you kind of have to break it down into departments, right? That, that are a, a part of that cadence. Great. Well, thank you for letting us go a little deeper on that because that is a best practice and I'm glad you were willing to share your experience. Let's let's turn our focus now, John, to SmartSuite. So I'd like you to tell us a little bit more about the firm. I guess I'm curious about who do you help, what problems are you solving, and why are your clients choosing you? Sure. Yeah. So, so SmartSuite is in the category of a work management product, which means that we help businesses manage the core processes that they have inside of their unique business, right? That could be sales, marketing, HR, product development, customer success, whatever process is unique to you. We also do it by industry. So if you're a real estate uh, development company versus a manufacturing company, the processes are still the same, meaning at the high level sales and marketing, but they're a little more refined for your individual uh, industries that you're in. So SmartSuite provides a single platform that allows each of your people to come into SmartSuite to do their work each day, to understand the work that's been scheduled for them, uh, to manage processes that are in place. Maybe it's a sales process of a lead has come in. This type of work needs to be done first. Then the marketing team can pass that over to the sales team for follow-up uh, that's there that then maybe goes to finance for contracts. All of that is done uh, inside of our core platform. Uh, we provide about 200 uh, what we call industry leading process templates as a starting point. So if you're not familiar with what a best in class process looks like in regards to, let's say, you know, product management, you can click on a template and we'll typically give you a couple versions. We'll give you the really high end version that the enterprise uh, companies like to use. And we'll typically give you a couple flavors a little less than that. So you can decide. Maybe I'm just a young company. I need to have a process, but I'm not ready for all of that just yet. So we give you a good starting point uh, from that point forward. We have our, our products in 15 languages. So we have customers all around the world. I think we're in 25 or 30 countries uh, right now. Um, we average just in the last week and a half, uh, 150 to 200 new customers a day. So we're a, a product led company, meaning that um, you come to our product through our website. We offer a, th a free 14-day trial. At the end of that trial period, you can either convert to a paid plan with just three users, or you can convert to one of our paid plans up to 10,000 users. Hmm. So we support startups all the way to Fortune 500 companies um, are using our platform. How do you onboard 150 to 200 clients at that. <laughs> yeah, th there's a couple of different ways. So, you know, we follow the, the new industry approach of SaaS companies called product-led growth, which what that basically means is that customers come in, start a free trial. You give them all of the tools, information, training materials they need to make a decision if that product is of value to them. And they don't have to put in a credit card or pay for that until they feel like they have demonstrated value and want to move forward. Uh, once they begin to move forward, uh, we provide a couple of options. Some, I, I would say that 50% of our customers onboard themselves based on all the information that I just shared with you. It's very low touch. They may have some questions, but it's very low touch from us. 25% of those customers 
would like to have some type of onboarding assistance. We provide eight hours of free onboarding for any customer. You could use that for us helping you understand your core processes and how you would use our product. It could be training. We could be importing data. Just any way that you would like to use us to help begin to onboard. And then the last 25 are, are enterprise customers that um, are are dealing with hundreds, if not thousands of users. They really want to optimize the processes in their company. So they use our product and then one of our partners from a consulting perspective to actually help them first optimize the process they have and then use our product as the vehicle to uh, deliver that. Follow on question. Okay. How do you help your clients to get the people who are supposed to be using SmartSuite to use the platform? Yeah, so we have a number of things built into the product that tracks all, all of that, mm -hmm. right? So uh, it, it's as simple as if I would assign you, Rick, a task to do something, we'll notify you and you can click on that link and it brings you directly back into SmartSuite. If you want to be notified via email, we can notify you via Slack. We could notify you via SM, you know, a text message. You kind of pick how you want to be notified. But we do things that bring you back into where the work gets done uh, that's there. We include a, uh, a member directory inside of our product that shows all of your team members, their departments, their personal profiles, everything they've set up that makes it engaging for people to want to come in and kind of see what, not just the work that they've been assigned, but you can see the work that your team members have been assigned and the status of things back to kind of the goals of the company. So it's, it, it's a millennial Gen Z focused user interface that's, that was built in a way that tries to keep people engaged while they're at work. Cause you, you, I'm sure you're familiar with, that particular segment of user, they're typically doing two or three things at the same <laughs> time. And if the user interface is not engaging, you lose their attention very quickly. So we spend a lot of time and attention just on the UI of the product. This is amazing. I'm having a great conversation listening to your answers as well, John. Thank you. I know you're a serial entrepreneur. You know, you mentioned earlier that you've exited Archer Integrated Risk Management. I'm wondering, and you make multiple investments and this is your new firm. So Tell us what that experience has taught you about being an entrepreneur, being so successful in exiting your other firm, but also now so hands-on or at least participating with so many other entrepreneurial ventures. What have you learned? Yeah, I, I tell you, the, the first thing I kind of stumbled on is there's a great book called Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. It does a great job of explaining this concept that I'll say. But, you know, I, I had a, a deep domain knowledge about the subject matter uh, before I, I started Archer Technologies. I, I was a, a partner at Ernst & Young. I ran one of their global practices. I had the chance to meet with customers around the world daily to talk about risk and compliance. When I started Archer and had an idea, I knew the problem and I had figured out in my own mind the solution that I felt that those customers needed. I had my 10,000 hours of domain knowledge that Malcolm Gladwell talks about. I think I stumbled upon that at Archer. I'd always wanted to start my own company, but I just happened to be in the right place at the right time and have the domain knowledge. And by being in the right place at the right time, I mean, there had not been yet a product created to manage processes around governance, risk and compliance in the industry. Large banks were going online with online banking and they needed help to understand 
how to secure the systems and at what level and what industry regulations they need to be in compliance with and how do they prove that. Was, to me, it was just a process, just like accounts receivable, accounts payable or payroll. And there were nine core processes that we kind of authored. So we were the first product in that space to solve that problem. So we very quickly rocketed to have 29 of the top 30 financial services companies in the world as customers because they needed they needed that product or they needed help in that area. So that that I learned a lot about product market fit and about domain knowledge of of being able you know, to build software from the beginning. And I've kind of carried that through the investments that I've made personally in other companies and then obviously inside of SmartSuite as well. Interesting. So where are you going to get access to other entrepreneurs that have insights and experiences that can benefit you and help you grow your firm? Yeah, that's a great question. I get that question asked a lot, especially by younger CEOs that haven't built their network yet. I, I think, you know, now being able to be a CEO for 25 years, I've built quite the network of, of people. I, I know who to reach out to based on different subjects uh, quite often. It's just, it's easy for me to find people to talk to. For younger people, it's not so easy uh, that's there. I, I, I recommend that, you know, they, they get involved in their um, kind of the, the city that they're in and some of the local entrepreneurial programs so they can meet some of the CEOs. Oh, shit, Front door. Um, and also, you know, LinkedIn is a great way to, to link in with other CEOs that are there, but I, it, it's invaluable to be able to go to dinner, have a conversation with another CEO that understands your perspective. Maybe you're self-funded and you're really struggling with the amount of investment that you can make. And you just, you have to be really tight with your money. You know, that's a certain group of entrepreneurs or CEOs. You may find other ones that have raised capital or they're in the process of raising capital and that's where you're at in your stage and there's a lot of great information that you can share uh, with each other so it's really for me the uh, the stage that the company is in and finding like-minded people that have either just done that or they're doing that now that you can actually have those discussions with that's so true so you're you're the executive chairman of the archer foundation whose mission is to advance entrepreneurial achievement can you tell us a little bit more about the foundation? Sure. Yeah. The foundation was started after we sold Archer Technologies. The name Archer was named after my grandfather, John Archer. So it meant something to our family. So my wife and my mother, who was also, each of them were founders in Archer Technologies. We built that company together. We started the Archer Foundation, really focused on three prongs, women's initiatives, youth programs, and entrepreneurial programs. And my, my expertise was on the entrepreneurial side where mm -hmm. we brought in entrepreneurs. We provided a team and resources to help them work on their product or their service idea that they had uh, for a period of time. And then we kind of, you know, would launch at some period, they would have to move out of the incubator uh, <laughs> that we had. But the whole idea around the Archer Foundation is to help provide people um, with opportunities that they might not have had prior. Uh, let's say whether it's youth, women, or entrepreneurs. Excellent. And tomorrow, what does the future for Smart Suite look like to you, John? Ah, great question as well. Um, you know, what's happening kind of in the overall tech space right now is that no code platforms are kind of the new it. And what that means is no code is all about allowing regular everyday people that understand processes to use drag and drop technology to kind of build things, right? And in our case, 
building things are the processes that you need to manage in your business. There's other no-code platforms around building websites uh, that you need to have in place. There's really cool technology on the AI side that's happening. There's, there's just, it's a wave of things that are happening around not needing developers, you know, to build software for you that the person that knows or has the expertise in the area can use drag and drop technology to build that. We're just, it's my thought, we're just at the very beginning of this evolution. Mm -hmm. And I think you're going to see the next trillion dollar tech company come out of this space, out of the wow. no code, low code space. You heard it here, possibly first, ladies and gentlemen, on Critical Mass Business Talk Show from John. Uh, that's very exciting and exciting space to be in. I can see maybe why you were compelled to come out of what you were doing to start another company. And thank you for doing that. If someone would like to connect with you, maybe on LinkedIn, John, or learn more about SmartSuite, where do you say they go? Yeah, I'd say first disconnect or follow me on LinkedIn. It's John, J-O-N, Darbyshire, or feel free to link into our company site, which is just smartsuite.com or go to our website. Either one of those three would be great. Well, I've thoroughly enjoyed our time together. It's flown by, John. Thank you for your willingness to be a guest on the program and sharing as much information and knowledge and experience as you did today. Uh, thank you, Rick. It's been a pleasure. I'd like to thank the audience for being a part of Orange County's longest running business talk show. John's episode was episode number 1,407 in our catalog. Uh, if you want to peruse it, maybe there's somebody else there you'd like to listen to and listen to John's interview. But if you're an Orange County entrepreneur and you would like to share your story, then please reach out to me. I'm Rick, R-I-C, Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. That's on LinkedIn. Or you can visit my website, which is the same thing, rickfranzi.com. And until next time we have a chance to be together, I truly hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. Mm -hmm.